0: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today.
1: The latest with Simone Biles and her future at the Olympics. Ron Rivera is frustrated over the team's COVID vaccination rate. Plus, will the Cavaliers make their pick at number three? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today.
2: Searching
0: all major sports found. Let's start with the biggest story.
1: Two all-time greats experienced some low lows last night in Tokyo at the Olympics. First, Simone Biles in a shocking decision decides to pull out of the team competition with the US saying she just did not feel mentally right. And Katie Ledecky who finished 5th in the 200 free Goes on and ends up winning the first ever 1,500-meter freestyle. So she gets her gold medal. Joining me now from CARE 11 in Minneapolis, Dave Schwartz. And Dave, let's start with Simone Biles. This was a decision that reverberated across the sports sphere. What was your reaction when when you first saw this?
3: I, I, I was uh, very surprised, like a lot of people, because information was kind of slowly coming out. I think all of us, uh, we we saw her on the vault um, and we thought, I I thought like a lot of people that maybe there was a, an injury, a physical injury to a, to a leg or an ankle or something like that. Uh, We come to find out later that she had kind of told the coaches that she just, I think they had a camera on her on the side and she kind of basically said like, I can't go. And I, you know, I can't trust myself. And when you watch some of you watch some of her vaults uh, in slow motion, you can see she's losing where she is in the air. And that was kind of brought up a lot um, throughout the day where you look at that last vault and she's, she's not where she needs to be. She, she gets clearly surprised when she hits the ground where she does. So she, she can't trust herself. And and that's a really scary thing for a lot of reasons. One, there's obviously a much greater chance of injury if, if she's just not feeling it. Um, then there's a huge chance for injury and a really bad injury. And, you know, I felt like, and I said this on Twitter, I feel like there's kind of two ways you can look at this. It's it's either um, if you want, if people, there are people who are upset, they think what she did was selfish by letting her team down. And there are others that think this was the ultimate selfless act of her saying, you know what, anybody else right now is better than me, that that I'm not at my best right now, and I need some time to step back and kind of figure out um, how I can get myself right, or if I can get myself right. And I'm not saying one is right or one is wrong, but I think there's two. This is a very polarizing issue for a lot of people, um, and because it does come around mental health, a lot of people have been speaking out about this as well. So I certainly hope that she uh, is better, that she gets herself where she needs to be, because there's a lot of pressure. And I can't even imagine the amount of pressure being the face of USA Gymnastics like she is. And um, she's got to try to figure this out if she can do it at all, these Olympic Games. But if not, and as we saw, there are plenty of capable people. There are three more very capable, good gymnasts, Suni Lee, Jordan Child, and Grace McCallum. All were fantastic after um, picking up where Simone had to leave off. So there are plenty of other capable gymnasts who can obviously, as they did, win silver. And hopefully, uh, it's all for the better for everybody.
1: Yeah, and and for those of you not super familiar, as as I wasn't, um, w- with some of these these issues, it's not just oh um, I didn't feel great. Michaela Moroni who is a gold medal winner, was on that that team, um, competed you know with Ally Raceman and and was famous for making the face after she got silver in the vault. She talked on Instagram about this phenomenon. Um, Some people call it glitching. Some people call it blocking. Basically, you are attempting to do something and in the middle of the air, your body just says, I'm not doing it. And it's it's a block. It's a mental block. And it's not something that you can just click in and fix. And Simone Biles, let's not forget, is doing moves that were not even thought women could attempt at one point. She's got moves in basically every routine that she has that are named after her cuz she's the only one that could do them. And you know that sometimes these 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 are things that can happen to gymnasts. I was not aware the degree to which this was actually a pretty common thing this idea of I could get into the vault and in the middle of the year, my body would just say I'm not going to complete this cuz I don't I don't trust it. That that spoke volumes to me. I don't we don't have to get into the polarization part of this. I do want to also mention Katie Ledecky, who is also being considered um, by by a lot of people the greatest uh, female swimmer of all time. She has an up and down night, right? Because she goes out and has the disappointing finish in in the two hundred free, but goes out and and in the fifteen hundred meter, she goes out and wins with her teammate Erica Sullivan, another teenager. We've talked about the teenagers uh, the last couple of nights, Dave. This is this is the kind of performance we're used to seeing from someone as great as Katie Ledecky.
3: And, and she didn't just win. I mean, she was out there most of the race. She was out front. And it's just, it's so-
1: Basically, basically one wire to wire.
3: Yeah, it's so incredible to me that she can race the 200 and then, uh, you know, an hour later, she can do the 1500 and dominate. And what is, what to me was so interesting is that those are two very different races and two very different styles of racing. Sprinting versus the long, you know, versus a longer race and that and the strategies change so I mean for her to go out and yes she she finished fifth she did not want to have the race that she had in the in the 200 but to come back an hour later and and just have the the fortitude for what she did to to dominate everybody like you said wire to wire and and get gold uh it, it's just so impressive to me it's because it's not just a physical aspect I mean Obviously, she's exhausted. Any of us would would be. I would have drowned halfway through. But to, to block out what happened in the 200 or at least push aside that disappointment that she probably was feeling and come back and have just a phenomenal race is really what sets. The goods from the greats, I think. And that's what makes Katie Ledecky so great.
1: Locked On Today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, Ron Rivera is frustrated over the team's COVID vaccination rates. That's next.
0: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: Making the case he has outperformed his contract, Miami Dolphins Pro Bowl cornerback Xavier Howard said in a statement Tuesday night that he has requested a trade, saying, I don't feel valued or respected by the Dolphins. Just like they can take a business-first approach, so can I. Howard reported to training camp Tuesday but was frustrated all summer that Miami would not adjust his contract. He even pulled out the classic Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here, so I won't get fined. We could be seeing the first piece in a new era in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers set to return to the Packers this season as the quarterback, and another fan favorite could be on his way. Multiple reports had the Packers and Texans working on a deal to bring Randall Cobb back to Green Bay at the behest of Aaron Rodgers. The deal, as reported, is not done with the Packers and Cobb having to work out a modified contract to make the deal work under the salary cap. Steven Strasburg will have season-ending neck surgery, ending another frustrating year for the Washington Nationals 2019 World Series hero. The three-time All-Star right-hander felt discomfort after a 27-pitch bullpen session last week and saw a specialist on Monday. Strasburg is one and two with a 457 ERA in five starts this season and was diagnosed with neurogenic thoracic outlet syndrome. will have surgery today. Katie Ledecky finally collected her first gold medal of the Tokyo games. Ledecky won the 1500 meter freestyle, which made its Olympic debut for the women this year. That helped the American star make up for what has been so far the worst showing of her Olympic career. About an hour after finishing fifth in the 200-meter freestyle Wednesday, Ledecky held off teammate Erica Sullivan to win the metric mile in 15 minutes, 37.34 seconds. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for this month on betonline.ag. The NBA draft is tomorrow. The betonline.ag lines for the first pick in the NBA draft. Have Cade Cunningham as a minus 2,500 favorite. Evan Mobley at 10 to 1, Jalen Green at 10 to 1, and Jalen Suggs at 14 to 1. For all of your baseball needs, futures needs, Olympics, golf lines, it's all there at betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus
0: is another story you need to know.
1: Ron Rivera battled cancer so that he could coach the Washington football team. He doesn't want COVID to be next. And he says he is, quote, beyond frustrated with his players, lower vaccination rate and worries about the potential impact it could have on his team. And this season joining me now from Lockdown Washington football, Chris Russell and Chris this is something that the NFL has been has been trying to get the message to its players about. The NFL has said 85% of its players are vaccinated. 14 clubs are 90% or over. What is going on in Washington?
4: Well, Peter, I mean, my understanding is they're less than 60%. That was the last number I heard. Um, for a little while, they were under 50%, only one of two teams, um, you know and 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 while it's surprising i think to many it's it's really not surprising here because ron rivera was pretty dejected about this in early to mid june before the team took a summer break and you know i didn't expect the numbers to dramatically improve but i expected it to improve a little bit maybe a decent amount uh, and, and and again they were still stalled uh again sub 50 percent now it's gone higher uh the bottom line is is when you have a head coach like you said that's recovering from cancer and his 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 immune system is clearly deficient clearly weakened um you know and not to mention as we know in on every coaching staff there are a lot of older, you know, usually older men. Mm-hmm. Um, so they could potentially be more compromised, even if they're fully vaccinated. Um, you know, th- th- it leads to a situ- situation of friction, uh, I-, I think, and, and, and frustration. And clearly Ron lashed out uh, in that regard. And by the way, just a personal opinion, I, I have zero problem uh, with what Ron did or said. Um, some people are trying to make it, ah oh, he maybe crossed the line. I don't think he did
1: it's hard for me to to get upset about a guy who is as as you mentioned immunocompromised coming off of a, a battle with cancer a, a battle by the way that that you came on when I was the lockdown NFL host and mm-hmm. talked about what a galvanizing effect that had on the team
4: yeah
1: it, it it does seem kind of strange that that galvanizing effect has not translated you know on on the field of covid so to speak
4: yeah. I mean, you're right. Um, and the only thing I can think of is that sometimes football players might think that, you know, they can't be broken, uh, because they're strong strapping bucks, right. you know, 22, 23, 24, 25 years old, best in the world at what they do, you know? And, um, and and may you know Ron continues to say it's a, a case of not having enough information or the right information. But I know for a fact, Peter, before this team broke for the summer break in mid-June, they brought in a you know a a very, very renowned specialist to speak to the team. And that's not the only time that they've done that. Um and 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 you kind of wonder how much information these players need to truly understand the gravity of what we're dealing with as a society uh, in the NFL and inside the Washington football team building. And sure, not every head coach has cancer. Got it. I understand that. But even if he didn't, right, we'd still be dealing with a frustrating situation that at the very minimum, you could say is a a possible divider of the locker room, a divider of the building, and perhaps a season record. perhaps.
1: Coming up, will the Cavaliers make the pick at three? Our cue of the day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, come in nine delicious flavors, plus limited time flavors, peanut butter, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, coconut, almond, coconut, these things. I had one today, they're awesome. It's the perfect grab-and-go snack. It is something that I have before a workout, after a workout, for breakfast, sometimes for lunch. Because I know it's going to be delicious. You need delicious. But it's also high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, and low in sugar. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code locks 15 for 15% off at built.com.
0: Agree or disagree? This is the cue of the Day.
1: After Cade Cunningham goes number one overall, we assume right now at least the Houston Rockets are going to take G League guard Jalen Green. And so that leaves the Cleveland Cavaliers in a position to snag Evan Mobley, the dynamic USC big. But there is a lot of interest right now. Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report reporting About a half a dozen teams could be interested in trading up to get Mobley from Cleveland, but the Cavs could ruin all the fun and take him anyway. Joining me now from Locked on Cavs is Chris Manning. And Chris, this all comes with the backdrop of the Cavaliers having to make some decisions about Colin Sexton and the future of their backcourt as well. So what is the prudent path here for the Cavs and the third pick?
2: It's taking Evan Mobley like I I think they have been offered stuff. I think there's teams obviously interested, uh, but Evan Mobley is a a, a potential transformational player for them, right? Like this is a guy that has extremely unique skills for a seven footer can play any defensive scheme that you want. And the Cavs are in a position where I think they need that kind of player. You know, they're probably going to pay Jared Allen this offseason. I am skeptical they're going to trade Sexton for some of the peanut kind of lower offers we've seen. I think this is a franchise that is feeling the pressure to at least improve. I don't know if they're saying, okay, we're going to go on a Suns trajectory or something like that. But I think they're playing tournament or, or above hopes for them. Evan Mobley is the quality of player you can't get if you trade back for five and eight and uh, some player from Orlando. Uh, You know, unless the Thunder, which it doesn't seem like they are are willing to include Shagish Alexander, there's no offer that really does it for Cleveland. I think Evan Mobley, you take him and you build with him more so than get all these assets.
1: How does the future of Colin Sexton play into all of this? Because it it seems like if if this were reversed and Mobley were going to, then you really might have something here because then the Cavs would be going, well, do we really want to take? Green or Suggs or someone else who could be in the mix there. It seems like the fact that this is, you know, a, a guy who's, you know, a six ten, six eleven kind of guy changes the calculation for Cleveland in terms of their own roster fit. On the other hand, the roster's not great, so you, you sort you sort of feel like maybe just throw some of that stuff out the window, right?
2: Yeah, it's tricky, right? Like I, I think that it. I assumed that Jalen Green was going to be the guy for them at three on, dra- on lottery. And go back to listen to our mm. shows, and I'm thinking. Okay, Moby's gonna go too, because I think everyone I've talked to and watching Moby, I think he's gonna be incredible. And it's a really big win for Cleveland that he's gonna be there at three. I, I think the sexton thing is tricky because I honestly think Darius Garland is already better than Colin Sexton, is the thing. Darius Garland's season last year was incredible. He was, he was on, I think, the big list that before it gets whittled down for most improved player. Colin has does things that are really, really valuable and he's good. There's also limits on what you can get out of a 6-1 scoring guard who doesn't take a lot of threes, who has some real defensive limitations, right? Like, there's limits on that. The thing for Cleveland is that you don't have to pay him for another year, theoretically. I think a lot of the agitation you've seen this summer is not a Cavs trying to trade him now thing. You don't dump a 20-plus per game score for nothing when you're trying to improve your team. I don't think that really makes sense. I think it's his camp trying to make sure he is getting the best contract offer possible. That is what I think is sort of happening there more than anything else. Um, I, I frankly, I think the biggest thing for Cleveland is like, what are you going to do with Kevin Love in the next month? Because yep. you would assume that Evan Mobley is going to come in and want to start at the four. You have enough bodies there, otherwise, to like Larry Nance Jr. and others to play the four. The Kevin thing is obviously bigger, but I, I think, I think if you're Cleveland, you're just going to try and run it back, so to speak, and even though like you're bad, but you're trying to build on internal improvement and hope your young guys can get you somewhere that you haven't been before. And Mobley would be the crown jewel of that, in my mind.
1: And finally, Willie O'Ree, the first black NHL player, is up for a major award.
0: Hey, what's Kraken hockey fans? Eric Lindsay Ayala, your host of Locked on Kraken. We just got word that uh, the United States Senate, two senators, bipartisan. Woo, let's go. I'm a poli sci nerd. Anyway. from michigan and south carolina along with the national hockey league announced that there is a bipartisan legislation to award the congressional gold medal to willie oree it has passed in the u.s senate and now it has a little bit of work to do in the house and then once and i'm putting this i'm manifesting this once it passes in the house we here in the united states will honor one of the greatest hockey people, personalities, and players in Willie O'Ree. I cannot speak enough to the volumes that Willie and his legacy, truly, since retiring from hockey, have meant to someone like me, who got into hockey as an adult. And, you know, aspirational is Hockey is for Everyone, but because of Willie O'Ree and the tireless work that he and people like Bryant McBride and Renee Hess of Black Girl Hockey Club put in, now I can host a podcast that is focused on the 32nd NHL team, the Seattle Kraken. So congratulations, Willie O'Ree. Thank you to the U.S. Senate for doing the right thing. And hey, U.S. House, as we say in hockey, you're on the clock.
1: Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked On Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up Thursday, a sneak peek inside our Locked On NBA draft show. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.